listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on. Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Cree Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we've returned to the studio for episode 244. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, what's going on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, what you been getting into this weekend? I didn't do uh, too much new stuff, uh, but I was able to catch up on Moon Knight, though. Nice. That uh, sweet episode five. Ah, so good. So yeah, very good. Like, what the fucks i thought that was hilarious uh as soon as uh mark uh kind of got the lowdown on what towerette's uh whole you know deal was with the weighing of the souls he was like yo just kill her and drive the boat (laughs) i'm like my nigga do you see that thing how you gonna operate that boat bro right i'm like like, that shit is huge as fuck hell yeah but apparently it wasn't that hard because steven by himself was able to change the course of it a little little later on so that's true that is true i was like well i guess it wasn't that far off it's the strength of will bro (laughs) but yeah dude that episode man man, this whole thing is digital you don't really need to be strong to pull it (laughs) man that's real sad out there bro you dead damn Man, that's just a soul saying. You feel me? That shit ain't got no physical form. It's all in your mind, bro. But yeah, yo, the episode was super emotional as um yeah. as Stephen and and Mark reconciled their past. You know what I mean? And uh, Stephen coming to the realization that he was the the uh, the personality that was made to cope with um the trauma that that Mark had been experiencing from his mother. Yeah. And it's very interesting. Um, so they kind of played on a uh, a concept in Jungian psychology. Uh, it's actually something that you see in uh, Xenogears too with Faye, uh, and that is the uh, the personality of the coward. You know, the the there's there's Mark before he he started using Stephen, and then there's Mark afterwards um, because it, it, repre- it represents Mark in two very different uh, mental states. And Mark before is still a very immature childish be scared and you see that in mark's uh when mark is in his mental projection state Mm -hmm. but mark when he's manifest is confident strong you know what i mean uh uh and forward thinking you know what i mean and so you see all of that represented very well on uh on camera you know i think they did a great job yeah dude just i've been enjoying it uh pretty much through and through like i can't find too many things it's so funny because i was like man i saw so many parts of this episode that were interesting and of course the online discourse was uh oh so he's jewish it's like yeah so (laughs) what does that have to do with anything (laughs) you know what i mean like it's cool to see the representation and i'm happy that they did it you know what i mean but i don't think that it's something that we should we should be pointing out as as some kind of uh as some kind of groundbreaking piece of cinema, you know what I mean? Like that's the least of of the story uh, elements that I thought was extremely uh, compelling, to say the least, man. Like the drama of his mom, man. Gosh. Yeah, that was that was crazy. The that whole, was rough. The loss of his brother and shit, and how it, how that just kind of informed his life going forward. Oh my gosh, and his father, dude. Oh, that poor man. Yeah. Watching his family just break apart. You know what I mean? And and and. 
And he can't look at anyone and be like, you're wrong. Like, everyone has a very, very salient reason to be distraught. Now, their behavior is another yeah. action. You know what I mean? It's another situation. Everyone's behavior is is definitely part and parcel to their pain. But um, you can't get mad at their at, at why they're upset. And that's I think that's part of the... The, the struggle of dealing with your family falling apart in the way that that, that happened to him, man. And the actor is so great. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the the scene where Mark shows up to his mother's funeral and... Uh, yeah, that was... And his dad, dad is looking that at him through the window. Hard. Oh, oh, powerful, man. So many great emotional scenes. Like, it just... And once again, these series do such a great job of showing the, the breadth and width of the cinemagraphic styles that they can... That they can uh that they can utilize because it's got action it's got drama it's got mystery yeah. you know what i mean like they, they they're hitting a, on all cylinders it's a really nice mystery that's that's kept me pretty engaged the whole time mm-hmm. they're doing a very good job of like juggling that without without dropping it without sort of like letting anything spill you know what i mean yeah and i and i love this development i can't wait to see how the moon character the moon knight character moves forward in the mcu like as a you know what I mean? Because he's making progress. So I don't see the Moon Knight at the end of uh, of the series the same as, you know, the Mark Mark Spector isn't the same at the end of the series as he is at the beginning. So yeah. I'm interested to see, like, how he fits into the whole thing. Dude, I'm thinking, like, Moon Knight, Blade, and Black Knight in, a, in, a, in, in, in some kind of action uh, setting, that would be dope. Yeah, I mean, it is possible. They did have a, a team-up group with um, a bunch of them and, like, Ghost Rider and stuff mm-hmm. where they hunted, oh. like, um, occult threats and shit. Yeah, Ghost Rider. Gosh, man, I can't... Because he also is, um at least in the comics... Uh, does some cosmic uh, adventures, and so that would be awesome to see Ghost Knight. Uh, I'm Ghost Knight. Uh, Ghost Rider <laughs> uh, step into the fray. Fusion. I wonder. I wonder if um they would uh, have Nicolas Cage reprise his role. Nah, they'd probably uh, go nah. with Danny Reyes, Hail right? To the nah. Hail to the nah. <laughs> why the hell? Why, why the hell nah? Because Nick Cage is old. I mean, yeah, that yeah. was a long time ago, man. Like it, it's all about young people. My but dude. how awesome would it be to see Nick Cage pass on the 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 spirit of vengeance to Danny Reyes? That would be dope. I mean, that would be interesting. Yeah, you know, I mean, their their um their stories are a little bit different though. But I mean, I see what you're saying. It'd be cool, like mm-hmm. passing the torch thing. But I'm not, I'm not particularly um. Married to is the idea canon? of Nick Cage's um thing anyway. Is Ghost Rider canon? Uh probably. If it was but if the rights were bought by Marvel, it's probably canon. It's safe to say that it's canon at this point, but yeah. I'm not even sure who did um So if they're not gonna erase it, I guess that would be a good way to move forward without having to to totally abandon the, the stuff that they set up. You know what I mean? Because I do think that Danny Reyes would probably be the the uh huh? Yeah, the Ghost actually, Rider to go forward. That's a good question because um, that the rights are owned by Sony, and uh, I mm. haven't. I don't know if the rights reverted as well. I think they did, but I'm not entirely sure. I mean, he's part of the umbrella, no? I would imagine, no. Uh, that's what I said. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure who still owns the rights to that. I I do know that uh, Marvel got most of their rights back from Sony, but Sony's keeping a chokehold on Spider-Man. Yeah, so. and anything that they can make money on, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so yeah, dude, that that that'll be that'll be a a very uh, fun thing to see uh, as it develops because um yeah. oh, and they're had called a good the, slate of what's coming already, right? They're called the Midnight Suns. Ah, uh, um, yes. 
Hellstrom, Jennifer Kale, Werewolf by Night, Doc Strange, uh, Ghost Riders, Danny Ketch. And it also includes like uh, Blade and, and what's his name? And Moon Knight. Moon Knight, yeah. Also run, uh, have some run-ins with them as well. Yeah, dude. That would be dope, man. But um, oh my goodness. Uh, did you see the the uh, the trailer for Doctor Strange? Did uh, they release another trailer? I mean, they're they're be releasing trailers like every day. Bro. I know, man. They're looking so. But so is dumb. it a new one though? Because it's usually the. I think it's uh, just different comp- compilation. Yeah, they're just of, cutting up the scenes. same the same trailer from the Super Bowl. But you know, I've, I've been watching that shit, and I, I'm I'm super duper excited. Like, you don't, they ain't gotta convince me. I'm, I'm, yeah. So so I'm Moon Knight's shaping it. up for a dope finale, man. And I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a little bit longer than the episodes because this episode was almost an hour, no? Yeah, episode five. Yeah, they're they're usually they've been mostly around like fifty minutes. Okay, yeah. So it's it's been pretty nice. So yeah, Moon Knight's gonna wrap up. That's gonna be uh, uh, an exciting finale to catch. But uh, yeah, this was just another good banger episode. Um, good, good plot development. But uh, yeah, it's a, it really you know as it always is the the episode before the finale is the setup for the finale. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, dude, I finally finally caught Spider Man. Oh nice. Yeah, No Way Home. Oh. Spider Man. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I give it a solid eight. It was that dope, movie right? was really entertaining. Um, it hit, uh, it hit all of the major points that I want to see. Um, it had good development in the characters. They, it, it had uh, a reasonable amount of fanfare and nostalgia, but I don't think that it, it took any of it too far. Um, there was a, there was a few uh, spots that I was just kind of a little bit met on like you know ned's ned's uh being magic for out of nowhere was just like okay whatever we needed that he needed something and I mean, uh it would have filled the, a, a plot hole or a, a plot device that was needed he in the comics he is uh the original hobgoblin who ned yeah oh i didn't know that that's who that ned character is he they're they're just you know they're, they're rearranging shit okay Oh my goodness! Is that a setup? Because he says, "I'll never become your enemy." <laughs> yeah, that's what he keeps like on a, reiterating that. Like and Hobgoblin a, goes through an, arc where um, Easter egg that they keep dropping there. Yeah, because that's uh, Hobgoblin's arc is that he starts out as an enemy but becomes uh, uh, like an anti-hero kind of kind of character, where uh, he takes a little bit more extreme methods than than Peter usually does. You know, man. But um. Yeah, dude, I really, really thought that it was well done, and it took all the best parts of those those other franchises and brought them together, man. Yeah, and they all absolutely. fucking they they worked with like a well oiled machine, man. Oh, Tobey Maguire and 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 uh, Richard Garfield's Richard Garfield's his name, right? Andrew a- Andrew Garfield. Um, Andrew Garfield's fucking uh, performances were top notch. Yeah. Um, I lo- I I remember you mentioned it. And it was really funny to watch when they uh, were all using their web slingers and he shot it <laughs> out of his out of his wrist and he was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so uh, you just kind of make that. Does that come out anywhere else? <laughs> Does it come out? Do you ever get blockages? I was like, damn, that's true though. Inquiring minds want to know. Oh man, yeah. that was great. Um, I like how they worked in um. Jamie Foxx's character's rework because he had like cool. a minor rework because yeah. you know he they he was like I'm not doing that that swagless character again not yeah, happening that 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 super goofy nerd. I mean he stopped being that goofy nerd halfway through the movie super quick yeah once, once he, he got um, the blue head and shit but it was still it was not it was nah uh, and he and he was a lot more stable the character itself seemed a lot more 
like he wasn't as uh kind of like uh single-mindedly driven he kind of was like uh, assessing the situation seeing he was in a universe but like yo i kind of i'm kind of rocking with this new energy though <laughs> yeah i mean so i thought that that was uh, an like, interesting yo, way for my way to the top right now which is exactly how max dylan is the mm-hmm. only difference yeah. is max dylan is usually a lot more like fucking chaotic like yes. he, he's nowhere near as chill as jamie fox usually yeah no, definitely is. brought a new uh, angle to that my character man's is usually yelling at spider-man for some reason Man, Doc Ock. Oh, oh Alfred Molina, man. man. One of my favorite actors. Gosh, like, he's, he's, he's he's, I loved it, man. And and the way that the actor was able to uh to change his uh the the personality of the character when he was acting under the influence of the tentacles and when he was mm-hmm. under his own free will. Oh man, like it was such a great like uh the uh the difference in the uh, the performance was very uh, stark, and it was yeah. well done. Um, Willem Dafoe's character, um, yeah, same with Willem uh, Dafoe and uh, uh, Harry. But his Osborne. was more manic, you know what I mean? Because his was like straight up, man, like he was insane, man. And I <laughs> and when and gosh, dude, at the end when he fucking stabbed uh, Toby in his back, I was like, yeah. oh no! <laughs> but that's Green Goblin, man. Yeah. Right one every single time. That is fact. He Green Goblin and and you want to know why? It's cuz Green Goblin always has control of the body. Mm-hmm. He only relinquishes control to to Harry when it's advantageous to him and that's like one of the 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 defining uh parts of uh of Green Goblin's mania that makes him criminally insane. It's like, nah, the the Green Goblin is the base personality at this point. You know what I mean? Like, Harry is just a rider. You know what I mean? He's a dark character with a light rider instead of a light character with a dark passenger type of thing. You know what I mean? Fucked up with that serum, son. Bro. Should have never made that shit. Fucked your whole head up, Charles. (laughs) Damn, bro. But, gosh... I was highly impressed. Definitely my favorite Spider-Man movie by far. It's pretty sick. And, and and I liked all of them. And I really liked the 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 Andrew Garfield ones. You know? Um, but this one right here, I think, brought it all to a head like so many amazing moments, man. Masterfully done. And 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 to take I, I really found it super impressive to take three uh strands of of an IP that were not intended to come together. And weave them together in 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 a self-aware way that to, that isn't you know hokey or campy, yeah. but is very entertaining and still allows you the nostalgia without feeling like you're overdoing it, you know, or and, rehashing. And you know? on top of that, wrapping it up so nicely that you have that like you've not only separated him from the MCU so that mm-hmm. now you have the option mm-hmm. of whether you want to, if Sony, if, if the rights fall to Sony and they want to use, they get to use him exclusively now, they can do that. If they manage to work out a deal, they can, they can also do that. It, it was like, they, they really did a good job of like tying up everything nice and neatly into a little, into a little, yeah. nice little package. And so we can definitely say that while, the actions belong to Doctor Strange. Peter Parker broke the universe. It's definitely his fault. <laughs> like it's clearly his fault. He initiated the request, and then on top of that, interfered with the, with the like completion of that request bro. for no fucking like like bro. Well, not for no reason. Like clearly, it's not a revocable spell, and he was taking a huge step. But bruh, 
he said stop <laughs> like yeah. also like think of all the people at once and then say them stop doing it like one by one and 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 even more so like do you not see this man under immense strain in front of you like you're just sitting here whimsically focused on what's in your head and this, yo dr strange looks like he's got the literal weight of the universe in his hands and this nigga's over here talking about no no no, mary jane and not anyone else and then he's just <laughs> and then the last request where he's just like and nobody who's ever yo you fucking idiot like he's sitting there telling you like you're words are changing the spell stop it you are changing you are you are an active component of this spell at the moment like ah that was painful for me to watch bro because i just want to punch him in the face so bad right uh because it was like and it's spider-man so even if you did it ain't gonna hurt him <laughs> yeah you know i mean it's, it's like probably stop. just gonna dodge that shit anywho yeah oh my goodness the uses of the of the spider sense was great yeah uh, i think you mean the peter tingle sir the peter tingle yes Oh, could they not say spider sense? Uh, not yet, I don't believe so. No. Wow. I was wondering why they were saying that, but I thought it was just a comedic device. So I guess it's just a testament to how well they uh, yeah. they, like, they uh, worked it in. It's starting, like, in the first movie, he didn't really have it. And in the second movie, in the beginning of the second movie is when they started to be like, oh, I got this thing. And, you know, it's the yeah, thing. Yeah, in the first thing. movie, it was just a suggestion. Yeah. It, was, it definitely was not something that was pronounced or mentioned at all. It was just like, danger and it would start a fight scene you know what mm -hmm. i mean but it was never something that he addressed himself yeah until the fight with mysterio when he tried to um when he yes. relied on it to, to beat mysterio that was the first time he like actually consciously used it i believe yeah oh my goodness i uh i love the self-awareness of how they were like we're all scientists like everybody in fucking spider-man is a scientist connors was a scientist electro was a scientist octavius was a scientist fucking norman was a scientist all three peters were different types of scientists mm -hmm. yeah i was dying i was like yo that's true i never once noticed that but it's because i guess as being you know taking a professional track that had me surrounded by scientists frequently it was just i'd never it never dawned on me that that's like yeah dude that's kind of weird like how is it that you just know all of the crazy scientists in the city good and bad yo like a lot of um that 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 was a that's a huge part of spider-man you know it's sort of like how batman used to be the world's greatest detective but they sort of like that's fallen to the wayside now more so than it used to be. Yeah, and it's I like the how same thing with Spider Man. I man. do like how in some of the more modern uh, Batmans, they've made him um, connect to other detective like heroes like Green Arrow yeah. and people who question. have to be. Yeah, exactly. And uh, people who have to do more detective work. I always thought that, that was like the better of the uh, of the plot uh, lines that go through uh, Batman stories, but. That is what it is. But yeah, yes, being a scientist is a through line throughout Spider-Man, for sure. Um, it was got to make his own webs and shit. It was a meeting of great minds, <laughs> to say the least. But uh, yeah, that was that was and super it, dope. It's, it's also funny that he's he's usually often, you know, it's, it's classic um, comic book shit. You create your villains. Like, he's yep. usually oh, involved yeah. in the experiments oh, yeah. that mm -hmm. either where they become villains or he somehow had a hand in making them super villains you know and honestly i never thought about that but that could play into the why the psychological motivations of spider-man is never to kill the the bad guys is because he always feels remorseful for the hand that he's played in their creation mm -hmm. and that makes also, a lot of sense and, and also he spider-man uh represents one of those like naively super good characters where they always want to fix stuff right it's never it's never too far gone i i can repair it and especially because he has the scientific mind for it 
Yeah. He's always like, yo, I can come up with a solution. Just give me some time and I'll work some shit out. Peter Parker is absolutely the most annoying opponent you can ever imagine. Mm -hmm. I can, I, yo, even more annoying than Batman, because I think that um, Peter Parker's skill set combined with his intelligence makes his improvisational skills, oh, I yeah. think, like damn near cosmic level. Mm -hmm. Like his ability to just on the fly come up with something based on his knowledge of of science and his physical prowess yeah that shit is epic bro like a, a good example of that is um the sam Raimi sam Raimi spider-man 2 when he was stopping the train yep you know what i'm saying uh or, or um the tom holland spider-man when he was trying to stop the ship uh, oh, yeah uh, from splitting in two i mean it was a valiant mm -hmm. effort but you know what i'm saying just like you said like in the heat of the moment he was like all right he looked around caught this shit and he was like all right if i just move here 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 and there I get got to start doing it. Same thing in in this uh, No Way Home with the Doctor with the Strange and the Doctor Strange. That shit was so well you know, done. It's just like, Doctor Strange uh, is so infuriated. Like <laughs> ah, I I'm impressed. I'm so angry yeah. and impressed at the same time. Oh man, I think that's one thing um, with the Spider-Man character. They've always tried to make him be like uh, an ambassador for science with kids. Thank you for actually making him a kid because I've never felt like they adequately made Spider-Man a kid or act his age. Because man, especially in the animated ones, the animated ones, Peter Parker, yo, for a fifteen-year-old kid to have a part-time job and be uh, <laughs> going mean, taking college classes 15, and right? going to high school, I know. Like like the one in the um uh, uh the '90s Spider-Man, he was already working. He was in college and shit, and he was working. Yes, as a he Daily was. Bugle. I think he was in his early twenties. Yeah, like twenty. 21. So it depends on when they decide to start his Spider-Man journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, so I, I thought that uh, the fact that this one was age-appropriate was kind of cool. It was yeah. he was young, which harkened back to the origins of Spider-Man, but at the same time See, that's the age. reason why I, I think they're not going to use nick cage because they want the young actor to grow up mm -hmm. with the audience you know oh but i'm saying that i'm not saying that they would use nick cage in perpetuity moving forward i would i would just say that a cameo like a, a passing oh yeah most likely yeah. yeah if he's free for sure but yeah i, I just that's don't think that easy. nick cage would be down for a long-term marvel series right now Probably i just not. i think yeah. he's enjoying just like yo Hit me up when I'm free and I'll free do a lads, movie. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, that's been his movies. bread and butter for like what next 20 years? 20 like, plus years? I got I got uh 18 movies left on my 20 nigga, movie. He's a got year that quota. national treasure money. He ain't worried about no series, nigga. No, <laughs> yo, can you imagine if National Treasure was really bringing in that nigga's money? Like, yo. Yeah, I'm sure that shit's in, in syndication somewhere, you know. Oh, yeah. On, oh, on National Treasure? Those, like, I'm, I, well, I'm not saying that it's his biggest earner, but that shit is it's not his biggest earner, but that shit makes money. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yo, whenever I'm at Carolina's parents' house and they're scrolling through the, the direct TV to, to find something for Kendrick to watch, my G, always National Treasure is on. I'm gonna One, steal two, or the three. Declaration of Independence, bro. And it's not even usually just National Treasure. It's usually all three of them back to back, and then Feel back me? to back again. Feel you know what I mean? Like it's usually like a twelve-hour block of National <laughs> yeah. Treasure. So it's never. You know what I mean? Like I'm. I don't doubt that. I was. It was a little bit tongue in cheek because everything that has to do with Nicolas Cage movies is a little bit tongue in cheek. It's gotta be. You know what I mean? Which I and I also love that that um, unironic portion of his uh, professional uh, career is that you know he's completely self-aware of everything that people think and and he does that's part of the image it's part of his job his private life is his private life he doesn't let it affect that you know what i mean he's out there buying dinosaur eggs nigga grow up <laughs> and, and nick cage has a niche for show man like he he has 
an audience that fucks with that type style of acting. Yeah, and, and a lot of directors that, that do as well. He's got a great internet audience. Um, that it was like the kind of internet audience that came up like around Chuck Norris that will perpetuate <laughs> yes. your career no matter what you're doing, just out of yeah. pure interest and the ability to monetize celebrity off of pure internet interest at times. You know, and so yeah, he could always find something to do at any point in time. You know. Which is a pretty great place to be in that kind of career. It is. It is. When people people know you, that's that's one of the benefits of having a brand. When the people know you mm-hmm. and they fuck with that brand, it's very easy to be like, that's it right there. Do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, dude. Fucking No Way Home, dude. Got me Super extra dope. amped. Well, I, I knew that I couldn't go into um, Multiverse of Madness without seeing it. Because there would be very little context <laughs> for a Why lot of Why are they so going. mad at this dude? <laughs> Why are they so chill. mad? Everything's fine. Look at this guy. It's not purple and breaking. No, I'm joking. But uh, that shit was, yo, at the very end when fucking Doctor Strange is trying to, like, uh, decide, like, what spell is he going to use to repair the universe. And even then, you know, I got to give it to him, like, no matter how bad Peter Parker fucked up, man, the kind of loyalty and, and forgiveness these people have for each other is amazing. Because that nigga wasn't going to wipe him out, even even knowing that that could have repaired the universe. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I mean, he's a doctor. He took an oath. Yeah. Uh, he was also willing to wipe out all the homies, though. <laughs> he was like, hey, listen. Listen. They don't count. They're they fake. <laughs> one, they're not even from my universe. B, yeah. that nigga's dead already, bro. They dead already. You well, interfered what, in their death. That's what I. That's why I was so against Aunt May and Peter Parker's stance, honestly, and he, and Zendaya and that in them because that was, there was that was a camp. They had a camp of niggas that was like, nah, <laughs> we're gonna risk the multiverse yeah. for a couple of niggas that's already dead. Yeah, we're gonna fix them. No, you cannot fix all of the things. Listen. Spider-Man, none of those people died because Spider-Man went out to kill them. Those people died as a direct byproduct of the bad actions and choices that they made and took. So their deaths aren't something you can fix unless you're going to go back in time and fix all of the people that they hurt and, and all of the property damage and everything that they fucked up. You know what I mean? Like the whole idea that they were going to cure them somehow and then send them back to their fates in time like no what are you talking about like you didn't even figure like so what are you gonna do send them back to their current their universes in their current time to do what you know what i mean go serve time for all the shit that they fucked up you know what i mean like you're sending them back to jail assholes like what life is better than than being alive in jail is better than dead and having served your time for to you know with fate and like i don't that know is man absolutely 18 year old peter parker's stance it's better and to get, try to save 50 something year old uh uh aunt mays yeah I mean, bleeding hearts are bleeding hearts yeah. you know some people that's just how those characters are they want to help people regardless yeah no amount of you bringing the the logical steps in front of them is going to deter them from oh, wanting yeah. to help people yeah no, no. and then and, and i always a little bit disappointed in peter because he's so he a lot of times he can he thinks deeper you know what i mean so if he was going to try to help them i would have i would have liked to uh his plan to be a little bit more plausible like just curing them wasn't going to fix ev- you know what i mean like he totally missed all the points yeah but 
I, I, it's one of those things that he's doing what he can. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah they, sure. There's probably a different way that he can go about things, but mm. he knows the scientific so, way. Yeah, and he knows he doesn't have the time stone, and, so he's never know, gonna send he, them back and, in time. And he also knows there's an angry wizard who's coming to try to murder them, and he's on a he's on a very strict timetable to get this done. So you know what I mean? It's not it's not ideal, but based on how he feels, mm. it, that was the path that he chose. Yeah, and in short, it, it's funny because, you know what. <sighs> And and you know what? Actually, that was a perfect representation because that is absolutely the problem with scientists. They they they're not good at solutions. To they're not good at finding out what the solution to the problem should be. They're ways of finding, uh, uh, solute like ways of coming to a solution. Do you do you get what I'm saying? Like they don't know where the target should be. They just know how to get to the target. Mm -hmm. You know, they know how to get from A to C, but they have no idea to circumnavigate B. And B is all of the shit that has to to deal with uh, the nuance of getting to C. You know, and while Peter Parker is great at figuring out, you know, individual uh, solutions to puzzles, he has no idea what puzzles he should be solving. He's choosing all of the wrong um um targets to to shoot at and that's that's a very very common thing that you see in people in the scientific community you know like th they don't have a philosophical basis for their thinking and so they're open to any any and every uh uh solution that comes across their table and that's where wisdom comes in you know that's a little bit of wisdom to the table with your intelligence you know being able to to suss out like you know this is the the worthwhile, you know, uh, battles to fight. Mm -hmm. And these are the battles that aren't worth, worth risking the multiverse for, you know. But, hey, <clears throat> you know, I'm sure he learned that lesson going forward. Moving <laughs> 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 forward, he won't make that mistake. Oh, it's heartbreaking really? at the end watching him. And, you know, it, it, I felt it, it's really awesome that Tom Holland and Zendaya's arcs in real life are the way they are. Because I really felt like it lent to the performance. That performance at the end where, you know, he's debating whether he wants to reintroduce himself into her <laughs> life and just, you know. Let it go. Uh, let it go. She was probably drawing on a very salient memory of not of first meeting him. And he was probably drawing, drawing on a very salient feeling that he had with the anxiety of wanting to introduce himself. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they both had very real motivations with the person that they were directly standing in front of. Like, yeah. I felt it at least. I don't know. Maybe I'm. I was looking too much into the performances, but yeah, that was dope. Um, I really like how they, they did a good job of um, of, of the bait and switch. It was like, oh, I definitely won't forget you, no matter what. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, <laughs> bitch, it's magic. This shit, magic. <laughs> Adorable. Oh man. It's like, yeah, my will is stronger than universal healing magic. For sure. Yeah, you got well, it. But I mean, that is how magic works. It's it's the dominant will type of thing. And so, I don't know. I doubt that she does have a will that that's strong. But I, I mean, if it was going to happen, that's how you would have to. She probably does, but it helps if you got a little power and, cosmic and in there with you know true. What I'm saying, to push it along. Or maybe, you know, that could be part of the fantasy of the power of love that they're trying to, to <laughs> mythologize in there. Cause they throw all that stuff in there. So it's still Disney. You know what I mean? No, it's not as Marvel, so but you know, st still same kind of a uh, dramatic uh, effect that they're trying to drum up there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that was always, excellent. That was pretty funny. Yeah. They, I hope that they don't draw on that. <laughs> I hope that's not a uh, an avenue that they're gonna pick at. Um, 
but we'll see. Yeah, definitely looking forward uh, to Multiverse of Madness, man. Uh, can't wait to see how uh, Mordo starts coming at Doctor Strange. Cause... I'm looking forward to the Illuminati. Man, Mordo been... Yo, Mordo been wanting to slap Doctor Yo, Strange, bro. Ben... He had that energy since day one. And all he had to see was that purple crack in the universe. Me? He's like, nah, I'm getting that nigga now. You feel me? Yo. Now. Before Somebody's he even got to set foot into, into a carbotage, he was looking at him sideways like, yo, trust this new dude, bro. Yep. You sure we could teach this dude? And and not for nothing, Mortal was right. Like, Absolutely. the exact issue that he saw with Strange, which is his power... The, the Sorcerer Supreme is not supposed to view his power as an avenue to help the people around him. And that's not to say be a dick... It's just that this is not a, a power that's used, supposed to be used for individuals' gain. Not even yeah. just the individual source of Supreme, but the individuals around them. It's like, yo, that shit is used for balancing the universe. Yeah, bro. Stop exactly. Using it to sweep your lawn, my nigga. What are you doing? It's very sweep unlikely that there's an individual who needs the, the universe balanced in their favor. That's a very rare thing, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, you know, that's exactly what Mortal was mad at him about in the beginning. He synced it in him. Somehow he saw the bitch in him. No, I'm sorry. That's he was, like yo. He was like, yo, this dude is too loose with the rules, bro. Like, I'm always following the rules. <laughs> this new dude come in here, just does whatever he want, and everybody just fawn all over him like he's the coolest shit in town. Fuck that dude. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so not for nothing, I want to see Wong's reaction, because Wong's going to be pissed. Like, bro, I told you not do do one thing. Don't break the universe while I'm gone. I come back, the multiverse is collapsing. Come on, bro. But I fixed it, though. I fixed it. I have a feeling it's going to be kind of like um, it's the the break alone caused irreparable damage. And of even course. though they've repaired the seam between the there's there's going to be damage that's not going to be repaired by it. And that's yeah. what's going to like if you drop an egg. Sure. You in theory could pick up the pieces and put the eggshell back together. But. There's no way you're getting all the yolk back in, bro. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of feel like it's uh, it's when you see the uh, the the humpback whale in the ocean, and they they come out of the water and they die, but they don't jump on the boat, but they splash next to the boat, <laughs> yeah. and the waves <laughs> fuck the boat up, and it was like, but I'm good, man. I went back under the water. The water's calm, but your boat is all fucked up from the waves that were created by that violent action. Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm imagining. That's the analogy I would use for the kind of damage that Doctor Strange caused to the multiverse. But yeah, uh, I also did manage to uh, catch Ozarks, the finale, the series finale this weekend. And boy, was that amazing. Wrap it up. Bro, let me tell you, uh, The Wire for Hillbillies, let me tell you, <laughs> that shit was amazing, man. And then it was really great listening to the commentary of the directors. Because Jason Bateman and his, and his crew that, that he set up just did a phenomenal job. A phenomenal job of... Matching personalities, getting talent into the right places, giving people the time and 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 energy to to do the things that were necessary, despite some extenuating circumstances. You know what I mean? They were producing through COVID and stuff, and so uh, yeah, dude, just an amazing show. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. It's a slow first five episodes, but it's a four four season series. So give it the time. Uh, most things that are worth it in the end start a little bit slower because and if you look at it as it's paced not over one season but over an entire series it's paced fine 
it's paced a little bit rough if you're watching just one season. You know what I mean? Or if you're only looking at it, looking at it in the context of one season. So just just know that when you're getting into it. But boy, I I gotta say, man, Jason Bateman just in terms of the writing, the storylines, the character development, all of it. Um, you could tell where his inspirations came from in terms of storyline, but they were all handled really well. Um, gosh, the supporting cast, uh, Ruthie Langmore's character, uh, uh, Laura Lenny's character. Gosh, does that woman have uh, such an, a, a, a dynamic roller coaster ride of, a, a, of an arc, man? And it's interesting how the the directors describe them. So the Bird family is a rich, or not rich, but upper middle class uh, white family that moves to uh, uh, a lake on the Ozarks or a town on the Ozarks Lake, I believe. I think the Ozarks is the name of the lake, lakes. Uh, and it's in Missouri. And yeah, it's just about their climb to political power despite the husband's um illicit dealings with money laundering for the mexican drug cartel and gosh man just it, it the the underlying stories of mental illness and love and family dynamics and and it's interesting because they're they're the uh the family name is the birds and one of the showrunners describes them as an invasive species uh because they come in they move into this place that they are not from they're from chicago um and they take over the the uh economy because it's a very small town with maybe four or five major businesses and this is somebody who has you know, experience in international corporate finance. And so for him to take over these little businesses was very easy. Um, and so they take over the economics, um, much to the uh, duress of the town, as you can imagine, because these are people's livelihoods. And, you know, in a small town like this, people's, you know, uh, uh, legacies are tied up in some of these. Like if someone who owns a small motel passes that around down to their kids, and that's some that means something in a town where you know there are no jobs and you are a employer. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, you know, it's their description of them as the and as an invasive species and the displacement of the uh, indigenous species, the the families that typically did did work there and, and lived there and started their families there. Um, uh, mainly the Langmores, which all of them are dead by the end of the, uh, the series. And so it just shows like the analogy of how an invasive species can come in and, and destroy indigenous species, um, just through the natural acts of what they do to progress themselves not even through any direct animosity towards them. Like, the birds never hated the Langmores. The Langmores were just people who existed in their purview, and unfortunately, the birds' rise to political power uh, would use them as sacrifices, you know? And and the, watching that develop over those four seasons was crazy, man, because it's definitely not what you expect, because... 
you're, you're, you're watching all of this heavy drama go on. You know what I mean? Um, the Snells is another family that were indigenous that are all wiped out as well. There was a, a, a family uh, started by a preacher. They're all dead, and the son is, uh, except for the son, and he's in foster care. Um, he'll never have any tie to the legacy of, of his family again. He's in the system, the, the Missouri state system, so he'll probably be sent to some place that's more populated. Um, and it's just how toxic it could be, how destructive um, it could be. And, and I thought that that was such a great analogy and metaphor to set up um, by naming them the birds and, and their actions there. But yeah, man. Oh, so much, man. The the whole arc of of the development of the Mexican drug cartel was was next level. Um, moreover, at the end, they made a really powerful statement where there's a PI who's been trying to nab them because he knows that they're involved in some bullshit and he has OCD and he's an addict. And so he's stuck. He's got a brain worm. He's got a brain worm that he can't get rid of. Um, and it's their their personal uh, malfeasance that they've been committing all throughout this town and all of the people that they've hurt. And uh, in the end, he goes, you don't get to be the Kennedys. You don't get to be the Cokes. And they look at him and they say, why not? And then the sun comes up and blasts them. And I'm just like, that's what they go out on, bro. And it's like, I think that's a powerful statement about how power is made in this country. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great statement about how power is made in this country. You know? That's that's America in a nutshell. You get what you're willing to take. Yep. Every time. <clears throat> Every time. And and then the sad part is is that this country, the culture of this country is such that the people who are getting taken from will be like, Yeah, I guess you got it. So possessions nine tenths of the law. So I guess since you got it, you deserve it. It's like no. No, they, they fucking stole it. You know what I mean? And no, we're not going to validate the ill-gotten gains of people who sacrifice humans for, for that. You know, we shouldn't. But anyway, I think that that was a great statement to make. You know what I mean? It's a little bit of a mirror to, 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 to put up in front of this country, you know, because you can find reminiscent stories all throughout our political system, you know? And so, yeah, dude, Ozarks. I just spoiled the shit out of it. Watch it. It's still worth the watch because even I, I there's there's so much going on in it. I couldn't even I couldn't even go through every storyline um, between the the owner of the blue cat and her amazing relationship with a young man who has Down syndrome who is trying to just live in this small town because this small town is the only environment that because of his developmental challenges he can thrive in. Or he believes he can thrive in at least, and so the how he gets wrapped up in all of this, and he, you know, he doesn't have a <clears throat> a heartbreaking ending, but it's not a happy ending, and so, you know, I I I found at the end of this series, I was sitting there, and you know, more so than usually, um, postulating like what's going to happen next, even though I know this nothing's going to happen next. It's a fictional environment, and they said they're done with the series. So, you know, I, I was so invested in these people's lives that I was still, the the brain gnomes were taking uh, laps around the lawn, you know? But, uh, but yeah, dude, 
Ozark's definitely worth a watch. But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, hit up some of these topics as we're running a little bit long. Um, I saw this one come across uh, in the gaming sphere that I think is going to be interesting to see how it's resolved. And that is, um, there's a, a, a little bit of a copyright dispute going on between, uh, a, I wouldn't say a prominent YouTuber, but a, a pretty popular YouTuber um, and uh, patent trolls trying to file IP claims uh, based on fan theories developed on Reddit. And while, yes, it sounds ridiculous, obviously, unfortunately, due to the way that YouTube, YouTube's copyright claims uh, uh, is, is uh, set up, that anybody, anyone's claim who can fill out the form correctly gets validated. Doesn't matter if the claim is, is true, doesn't matter if it has evidence, doesn't matter if it's valid. Anyone who can fill out the form will have their claim validated, which means that the strike is going to go through against whoever they're claiming it against. Um, and so somebody put out a strike against a YouTube channel that does Elden Ring lore uh, based on a Reddit theory that was developed claiming that the use of the uh, Reddit theory without attribution is a copyright claim. Which is clearly crazy, but unfortunately, because YouTube chooses not to handle any of these these claims directly, since this, I guess, YouTuber isn't big enough to have their own YouTube um, liaison, they're going to force them to take this to litigation, which means that now they're putting it in the hands of, of a judge to make a legal discrimination here, which I think is probably just not in anyone's best interest. Because, unfortunately, legal precedents are typically manip manipulated to, to not represent the spirit of the law in which they were originally uh, uh, brought to the table. And moreover, the fact that this one is being brought to the law with, I think, ill intent to begin with, I, I just don't trust the judicial system enough to see through the fraudulent claim and weigh on the side of of a content creator in such a lax IP or intellectual property law environment. You know what I mean? So I feel bad for people who, who rely on that kind of content creation because it is a very lucrative area especially when there's like such a uh, a lore dense game like elden ring i mean that's fucking content for months millions yeah. of views <clears throat> that's Definitely. juice for a fucking channel bro so to have someone like this guy's channel since he started doing elden rings content literally grew tenfold so for someone to be doing this to his content is really fucked up because this is his come up, you know what I mean? And that's something I don't, I don't appreciate, you know what I mean? With as many fraudulent ways as there are to come up, to see somebody who is genuinely interacting with the community and developing something in good faith, that's fucked up. I don't like that. So I thought that that was interesting coming across the table because I hope that um, this progresses on the side of the content creator and not on the, um, the DMCA troll because... Unfortunately, those precedents usually leads to a rash of content moderation 
that then leads to a decrease in uh, content quality, you know, because, you know, YouTube content creators love to self self uh, moderate, you know, you just tell them what the rules are and they want to create things in the rules. They've found that that is the easiest and best way for them to get by with YouTube. And so I don't want to see new rules get popped up in reference to this. I would like to see YouTube just actually de dedicate a fucking human to handling these things with some discretion, you know? And it's sad that in this day and age, that's so much to ask for from such a profitable country, company, you know? And, and it really makes me not want to support, support them because it's like we need a platform that's willing to do just the base, the most base of, of customer service these days. You know, we know that they can do the corporate end. We need somebody, we need a platform that has just even the least bit of, of uh, customer facing. And, 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 and views their content creators as the subcontractors that they are. You know what I mean? But I don't think that'll ever happen because for some reason they can't create a profitable business model around that. And I don't, and I don't believe that to be true. I, I believe that they could if they wanted to. They just don't want to. And the only way for us to make them want to is to stop consuming content on their platform. But we all know that's not going to happen. So... You know, hopefully uh, they get a stroke of conscience and decide to do the right thing. <laughs> I say that in all jest, unironically, for sure. But yeah, uh, moving on from that, dude, this shit I thought was real interesting. So Sony's online service is in further news because of the terrible debacle of how they handled the launch. So they wanted to incite people to... Uh, to um, purchase the online service uh but not to cancel their current service in lieu of the the upcoming services that were going to be uh to be offered so what they did is is they said that your services will migrate over your so instead of just saying no it's going to be an end of one service and the beginning of a brand new service they decided we'll provide some form of of account migration service to provide them credit to the new service. Seems great, right? Well, because of a gift card offer that they had online, people were able to purchase gift cards now to buy time for now to get a uh, overall discounted rate on an extended period of the new service. You know, it's it's a typical thing that you would see with gift cards. It's not like a scheme that that is like never been seen by marketing before, but evidently somehow Sony overlooked this. So when they realized, I guess, how much they were losing, despite how much sales they had generated because of people purchasing the gift cards to obtain this, this discounted uh, service over time. They just turned off gift card validation services for a product that they already sold on a product that has an expiration date. So now they're pretty much false advertising. And Sony is taking the route of saying, well, how about we just see how many people are negatively affected and how much the legal ramifications would be before we just give people their money back, which I find to be the height of scumminess, the height of scumminess, you know, and, and that is the kind of business practices that I will stop doing business with someone for. Um, 
you know, I don't think that 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 is that is a a, a business practice that that might fly in Japan. I don't know. Japanese people are willing to take a lot of shit from their corporations, as is the average American. But this is a level of anti-consumer behavior that I think, for me personally, is going to be a deal breaker. Because you cannot tell me that I don't have, I can't have confidence that if I purchase a digital product from you in an ever-increasing and digital environment, that I have the ability to redeem that at my leisure. If I don't have that comfort, then I just won't purchase your shit, bro. Like, that shit is wild to me. And the fact that people at all are willing to to to, to go and, and patronize them in the future, knowing, or at least purchase digital items, knowing that Sony is so willing to just revoke your item without any due compensation back to you man that that right there i i, I don't want to do business with a company like that that shit ain't cool you know and and i think that the anti-consumer practices like that are going to get them some major regulatory um um fines because i'm pretty sure that the the, the consumer uh finance bureau uh, is going to have something to say about that because they're in charge of the transactions of uh, that go between corporations and, and 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 individuals, and you cannot do that. That is that is expressly against the, the transactional policy of, of of the Consumer Finance Bureau. That's for sure. But we'll see we'll see what 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 happens with that, man. I but I hope they get hit with with a couple milli because I know that the they're probably making money off of refusing those those refunds and that's why they're doing it but they sometimes you got to take the fucking l and i don't understand why why these large corporations feel like it's so it's so incumbent on them never to take the l like your marketing team fucked up and as a big corporation you are the most capable of absorbing that hit you know why are you going to try to pass that on to the individuals who are just buying your product. You know what I mean? They're not buying their products because they hate you. You know what I mean? And I always find that that weird interplay between corporations and the individuals who, who patronize them to be very disheartening. Like, why do corporations always take the stance of sacrificing the consumer when the consumer is is clearly showing you goodwill by by consuming from you, at least in our consumer environment? You know what I mean? I don't know. It, it it feels real real abusive to say the least, and um, Sony definitely is is jumping on that that abuse the consumer train. But uh, yeah, we moving on from that. There's some weird shit going on in the, in the social sphere. I don't know, yo. Twitter is a fucking weird, weird, weird place, bro. Like, evidently, uh, Elon Musk's fucking Twitter army has been in high gear. And anybody who's been critical of him is getting is getting like memed out of existence or memed into existence, uh, me- memed in ways that they did not want to be known. And that's uh, it's a little bit absurd that he he actually commands like thousands of people willing to dedicate their time to harassing people online. Like that shit is it's crazy, but. The amount of vitriol that go that goes towards lawmakers who who are literally elected by people 
to regulate them is wild to me. And, you know, I think that it's getting a little bit fever pitched when it comes to the vitriol towards AOC when it comes to Elon Musk. Because whatever critiques you want to have of her, it's fine. But the the constant harassment about the fact that her attempting to regulate Elon Musk is somehow be her being in love with Elon Musk and then the absurd level of memes that come after that. Because it's like, it's all fun and games when you're doing it like a, a playground thing. Like, you really just love them, don't you? That's all fun and games. But the internet knows no chill. So, you know, it's a very short time before you're scrolling down a thread and it's like, you know, pornographic images of Elon railing AOC. And I'm just like, all right, guys, really? Like, how sick? Like, guys, this is this is probably a step too far. You should probably stop. You know, like, I, I don't I just don't understand why people are so OK with the rampant mental illness that's so that's displayed on on Twitter and why people don't see that people like Elon Musk who fight to defend it as a space for that kind of interaction, it's probably just not good. It's just not good. Because as I've iterated many, 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 many times, Twitter is not a public space, you know? And so what for whatever free speech aspirations people have for it, it's not a place of free, uh, of free speech, and nor does free speech mean that I get to 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 uh, circulate pornographic images with your likeness on them. That doesn't. That's not what that free speech means. You know what I mean? Like I, I just don't understand how how society at large has put so much stock in this digital cesspool. It, it blows my mind. It really does. And and it and it makes me worried that it's just another one of the huge impediments that would ever have to be overcome to to see progress in terms of like a social zeitgeist that moves towards an understanding of of people, you know, because Twitter is definitely not a place where you can go to understand people. You can go there to understand like mental illness, but you definitely won't get to understand people deeply because they're all you know is that what it's for though i don't think it was ever created with that intention. i don't think that whether it's created for that or not that's what it's used for that's what that's how people interface with it you know and i agree with you while that might not be the uh the intention or the reason to go to twitter most people go to twitter and interface with it like that and it and it's a very unhealthy thing to do you know and, and 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 it's sad because I you see the things that people do and then you see the ramifications of it in the news because it's not like the Twitter space stays in the Twitter space. That would be awesome. And 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 I do blame mainstream media for legitimizing Twitter as a space to to get news and things of that nature because the, the when you intertwine those things, when you have people going to twitter for things like news and then they're interspersing it with all of the crazy shit that you will encounter on twitter it it, people aren't ready for that psychologically they really aren't and you could tell because people will more frequently reference uh fictitious uh 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 things of 
why they're uh, the the misanthropic ideas they have about people. They'll reference criminal minds or they'll reference shit on Twitter as to like the insanity of human uh, of of humans. And and it's like no, those those aren't real. You know, those are all fictions. You know, and so that's what I mean by people don't interface with them as the just like the places of random images that they're meant to be they interface with them as in these are genuine social environments and when i type to the other person on the other side no matter how many times i tell myself it's fake i'm typing to a person so i'm typing to them through the same modality that i would with somebody who's you know who i who am i attempting to uh interface with in a more salient manner and you know we haven't done as a society a good job of bridging that and 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 having healthy ways of of going about uh, our societal our social settings without letting that that digital space bleed in. It, 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 and so yeah, we we have a very unhealthy place uh, uh, when it comes to the digital environment and having uh, people uh, defend other people's rights to harass people, I don't think is, the 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 best way of utilizing Twitter as a platform, whether you know whatever the original purpose of Twitter is, I don't I'm, I can't say what that is. You know, I don't think that it's best served as uh, by letting people unmitigatedly harass other people, unless I am just completely mistaken. And the point of Twitter is to be a harassment engine. At that point. I will take I'll take the L and realize that I was just looking at it from an unnuanced perspective. But anything short of it designing designed to actively be a harassment engine, I don't see how allowing people to do that and encouraging people to do that is somehow going to enrich that space. Does that sound crazy? No, I mean you you're pretty accurate, but you know. Twitter's a tool used to make money. Yeah, <laughs> you feel me? That, that's that's all it's ever gonna be. It's and a tool it, to make money. Definitely a lot of money in harassing and, and people. Nobody interested <laughs> in using Twitter to enrich mankind or make the world better. They ain't using that shit to get. But see, that's money. what Elon fucking says to people, and dummies believe that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I know he's lying when he says I mean, it. But God, the amount of people who believe him. What are you gonna do, man? Like, you know, because that's literally what he says. Like, yeah. he, in his filing, he said it's saying he's saving free speech by doing this. It's a, a good to humanity. Like, those yeah. are the that's the rhetoric he's pushing. Literally. I so mean, when I interface with it, he like wouldn't that, say I it wouldn't... if people weren't gonna believe him. Yeah, I don't think he would. If if he didn't think that people were going to buy into the shit that he said, he wouldn't be putting that forward. Like, you know, unfortunately, people are easy to lead astray because there's way too much to learn and keep abreast with in today's day and age. It moves kind of quick. Yeah, and you know, and and I think that that's a real, I think that's a real fucked up byproduct of how our society demands 40 hours of your week. You know what I mean? Like, I think due to to how productive humans are these days, the fact that we still demand 40 hours of a human's week, it's it's stunting humans and their ability to discover themselves. You know what I mean? We're dedicating way too much of ourselves to a place that is not dedicated to our enrichment. And By so, design. Yeah, you know, it's not like... It's an accident. But, I, you know, and... It, and it, it, it the goal has to be just the wholesale impediment of 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 human 
humankind because th- it's profitable. Creative humans en masse is profitable. That's where the harvestable material comes from. You know what I mean? So the fact that they that that corporations don't see that humans will infinitely dedicate ourselves to things that we think are in our best interest. So since they have that, they don't have to take all of that extra time. They, they make more money if they give that time to us and allow us to consume because they've created that society. But by keeping us away and not give, like they've, they've created a system where they make less money. So it's gotta be just a, a desire to stifle humankind like yeah. it can't really be it's because i'm just oh i want all the money because if you were greedy you would put people in the public and give the money to spend with you yeah but it, it, <laughs> the point is to make money but the point is by no means to enrich the lives of other people the point <laughs> is to also the point can, is oh. to also maintain the tight circle of people who have the money and opportunities if you enrich yeah. everyone like you're saying then it gives opportunities to people who you don't want to have those opportunities but that's what i'm saying is they own the opportunities those opportunities that we have and this is the thing that, and by that giving, i've learned from american people, society you give them the power to get the that get those opportunities back you but this take, is the beauty of american society is that most people aspire to be part of the oppressive structure that's what i'm saying is like you're we've created a society where normally i would say you're right but in american society they've tricked most of the people to aspire to the oppressive structure so by empowering more people they're just going to empower people to aspire to their they own the opportunity though they are the gatekeepers and they are better gatekeepers than anyone i've ever seen and so they aren't going to let anyone in so they don't have to worry about anyone infiltrating their shit they have all the power they won the game yeah but just because you've won doesn't mean you can stop being vigilant you feel no, me? no don't stop being vigilant they, i understand just because that. they've won doesn't mean that they're going to now stop doing the things that they've done that got them in the place they currently are so I don't. That's why I wouldn't expect them to. Well, you know. I, I I think it's because they genuinely want to. They want to enshrine and encapsulate the society, the state of humanity as it is right now. Because they could, they they are because of the hierarchical system and the material nature of the world we live in. We there's no way for me to topple Mitch McConnell. There just fundamentally is no way. There's no structural way. Period. Like, if, if it's something I wanted to do, I would go crazy trying to do it. It's fundamental. You see what I'm saying? They own that. And the same thing for 99.9% of the people in this country. But yet, the things that make them money, the innovation, the technology, typically comes from harvesting it through the institutions of schools, military, any of the institutions, um, surveillance, from the public you see what i'm saying or just corporate domination uh, ip law you know what i mean like we are infinitely harvestable they are by encapsulating society in its current state and not empowering the people to just be better sheep they're only hurting themselves but for I, and and i, I still I can believe only come though, from a, by empowering your uh-huh. sheep to be better sheep you still run the risk of them taking your power away which is something i, I, okay. I do believe that they will never they're i just don't think that that's do. possible i don't think that it's ever possible for the sheep to beat the 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 shepherd because the sheep 
fundamentally are herbivores. I mean, whether or not you believe they're that, not going to. They, they believe it's that. never happened. You've what, never seen the sheep they overtake the sheep. Whether the or not it's logical, it doesn't matter. It it's, still means that they want to protect their their interests, and they're not they willing that, to though. take any opportunity. They have the iron suit. They got the iron dome. Okay, over so the world. You want I'm them not to just stop them? You want them no, to just stop after that? It's like, it, no, no, I'm not saying stop. I'm saying why you're scorching the grass. You're 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 not even. Allowing, I, I see the what you're saying. You but want to you know, you're still anymore. trying to make uh, 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 you're trying to make logic out of a. No, no, no uh, I'm not trying to make logic. I'm trying to <laughs> okay. instill the idea that they hate humanity. They oh, do not want we us were, we to have progress. Never been in contested about. Oh that. yeah, yeah, no, we, no, no, we were no. definitely in agreement. Everybody I, understands that. I, I want all of the Based listeners on their to actions, understand. It is yeah. it is pretty apparent that they're not trying to help humanity. And it's, it's and it's even in their own that at their own detriment. They want to stifle. They they so want to stifle progress that they will do it at their own detriment, and it has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with their own betterment. It has to do with the fact that we have empowered sociopaths through our economic system. We have empowered sociopaths. We know that Bill Gates has a social disorder. It's called Asperger's. I'm not disparaging him. He has a mental illness. But yet, when we want to when we want to see improvements in things that are for the social good, like healthcare, we're putting it into the hands of someone who is mentally impaired in his ability to understand social good. This is the problem of our society, and this is not to disparage the mentally ill. It's to say, hey, don't do dumb shit that obviously isn't going to make sense. You cannot. Put people in power who do not understand the fundamental nature of the people that they're that they're governing, because then you'll get what we have now. That's how we got where we are now. You know what I mean? And that's why I go through all of that that rigmarole to to solidify that idea in people's heads is because I I I, I if we don't internalize that, we're never gonna to to make a conscious move to organize at least ourselves as an individual better because that's the only way we're going to get an overall change is if people on the individual level decide to change. It's not an individual problem, nor are you the cause of the problem, but that doesn't mean that the remedy to the problem can't start with an individual change. And so, yeah, I, I, I hope that that whole uh, uh, discourse, uh, the takeaway from it is, is that, you know, Let's go ahead and empower each of us to be better people than we've been empowering to take control of our lives. Because they, the, they, when I say they, I think that the ruling ideology of the power structure in our governance, meaning everyone in politics for the most part, has an ideology of trying to preserve a state of humankind. But humankind is in a state of progress, which puts it, which makes it oppositional. And that's not to say to hate your government. But that's to say that we need to start changing the government to to not enshrine a state of humanity that is from the past, but is better equipped to help us get to a progressive state of humanity for the future. Because we're the way that we were doing things is destroying the planet that we're living on. And that's just a bad fucking idea. The way that we were doing things is leading to conflicts where people have weapons that can blow up the fucking world. That's not a good idea. So yeah, you know, I, 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 you know, I really hope that that 
all of that is is salient in in people's minds because it's it it really does start with just live your life better and people will be inspired to live their lives their lives better you know and if we can get a couple thousand people living their lives better it's a wildfire you know just organizing themselves better mobilizing themselves in the places where they can to to create progressive leadership structures leadership structures that are designed to change with the change in people whether it's on a corporate level the federal level a municipal level all of our structures need to be designed to change with how people change not enshrine ways in the past that we have now proven to be inadequate Alrighty, guys, I hope you enjoyed the rant. If you did enjoy the show, you can subscribe to us on anchor.fm or on patreon.com. You could also find us on the social media on Twitter at Karee underscore T or at Home Heron. You could also find me on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. And always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us and have a great one, guys. Peace out. Take it easy.